0: Hi, this is Podcasters Unleashed and I'm your host for today, Simon Rustian. Before we get into our live stream debate or discussion, however you want to see it, I just want to introduce my co-host, so starting with Matilda.
1: Hello everyone, this is Matilda. I'm the host of Coffee with Matilda Journey to Self. And my podcast is about loving yourself, finding yourself and coming out of adversity stronger than ever. To you, Kaola.
2: Thanks, Matilda. So my podcast is Women's Stories Podcast, where I share real stories from women uh, who rose above different challenges to create their career dream. So tune in for a new episode. Over to you, Carla.
3: Hi, I'm Carla, and I'm the host of the Wonder and Wellbeing Podcast, which is a podcast for parents and teachers of kids between the ages of 5 and 14 years old. And it's all about education and well-being and all those other topics in between. Over to you, Nelson.
4: And hi there, this is Nelson, Nelson Jason Zambrano. I am the host of Investing in America, where we talk about how to invest in the United States and also some other interesting topics um, to include some of my guests here, some of my co-hosts. All right, folks, and we also have a book coming out and a YouTube channel. I turn it over to Victor El Hombre.
5: Hey, thank you, Nelson. Um, I'm Victor So I'm the host of the Spare Entrepreneurs Podcast, where- I have interesting conversations with entrepreneurs who have successfully ditched the nine to five and are now working into a lifestyle of freedom. So we talk about mindset, we talk about strategies, and um,
0: getting inspired. So over to you, Matilda. Thank you, Victor. I will accept that name as Matilda for tonight. One time only. No, it's not Friday. Okay. (laughs) And the the scarf. The scarf. My podcast is called Taxi Chronicles, where I interview people spontaneously as they get into my taxi. And they tell... They usually reveal a lot more than they probably normally would to their best friend in the taxi. Very interesting. We've got over 600 episodes and they're 5 to 20 minutes and we post every day at 8 a.m. Now, back to this show. The question is... Today, or the topic is today, can government and institutions assist working parents? The, the reason I chose this subject, it was requested by one of our viewers, Akram, who raised some valid points about um, parents, the government and institutions supporting systems in regard to last week's episode, which Harla, um moderated, and it was called Motherhood or Career: Are Women Being Lied To? So basically what Akram was saying to us, we needed to expand or go deeper into that because he felt it wasn't fully covered. We didn't have enough time to fully cover it with that. Now, as a very diverse in hosting group, as you can see, we stretch from Africa up to Northern Europe, over to the far um, Middle East to America, um, we all have different cultural backgrounds. We can examine how it works across the world, while reflecting on what we can learn from others. This is also an important subject for me, as having been a single parent with a career for a couple of years, that was, um, and now a grandfather. It's very important my children get the correct support, family and work-wise. The aim, the aim of this episode, is to explore what society can do to assist working parents, while at the same time allowing us to consider how how sorry how much we should depend on the government and institutions um, we work for by sharing our own personal experiences whether we are working parents single parents or just reflecting on how our parents managed when we were young therefore we all have something to say on this subject regardless whether we have children or not or we're single or not so moving on from there my first question goes up to- um, Matilda, Matilda, can you t- tell us, did you feel, you uh, we all know you're an only child, that you, f- you, sorry, did you feel that you spent enough quality time with your father as he was the sole income earner?
1: Um, I think so. I don't know. I mean, I'm coming from uh, Middle East, I'm coming from Iran, and I think growing up, I think it's important to mention that it was wartime, so I was born during the war of Iran and Iraq. So, I don't feel I missed out anything with my dad. It's strange to say that, or maybe I erased that memory. But in Iran, it's very common for the men, for the fathers to go to work. So, they are the main breadwinner for the family. So, even if you're talking with friends, um, uh, or when you're in school talking with friends about the dad, everyone's dad is missing in the picture. That you know, it's not very, their existence are not that, um, uh, it's not there that much. It's usually the mom that takes care of you. So, maybe it was cultural, maybe it was the war situation. I don't know. But um, I never felt I'm missing out with my dad. But I felt like that's his job, like that's what a man does. So I never even questioned his not being there. Mm -hmm. Maybe now it's changing, now a new generation is different. But my generation, (laughs) it was like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So Victor... Coming from a family with 51 siblings and having three of your own children. I have to reiterate ret- that. 51 siblings, world record. World record. Oh, furthermore, I have to ask you, do you know anybody with more siblings than you? Oh, yes. Of course. <laughs> God, How
5: this is this possible? <laughs> What's the record? Yeah, I've of heard? course. Um, 61 and um 61 was one that we it's uh, only from the from the adult tribe see it's a big it's a big ship you know but they call them um no no let me not call the names they, they are no see they are close fathers, to like 100 is
1: also, victor sorry yeah. it's same fathers from same father
5: yeah the same father
1: so yeah. there was more active father than yours
5: <laughs> yeah of course of
1: course <laughs>
5: Well the thing is I can actually speak about just mine because I know I can name everyone in my family, I can name
0: all my brothers, name all my sisters. So okay, I know see. them by name.
5: Okay. So yeah.
0: so uh, my question. Sorry, sorry, go on, Victor. You hadn't finished.
5: Yeah, so I know them I know them by name. They
0: know me. I know their
5: faces. So it's not like uh, oh do you know who this is? Do you know, can you name it? Nah, I know everyone,
0: and everyone knows everyone. Yeah, go ahead. So, so what was the question again? So, what would you sorry coming from a family of fifty-one siblings and having fear of your own children, what would you su- suggest society and people personally, um, family can assist you in your upbringing, uh, in their upbringing, to their own children? So, considering that obviously you can give us from the Nigerian aspect and also from the British aspect. Yeah, it's a
5: totally, totally. Opposite way because our family is like a village, you know. So we uh two, three of my moms were professionals, they were like matrons and school teachers, principals, my dad's wives. So when they go to work, we don't they don't the kids don't really feel as if they are missing anything because they come to my mom's to like have dinner before they come back from their work or, yeah, before they get back home. And my mom, she's an entrepreneur. She has her own shop. My dad is a businessman. So the mix is kind of like, I don't know, it's well mixed. But compare that to here, to the United Kingdom, where the nuclear family is just you, just you, and you and your partner, nothing else. And the state somehow tries to play, play, play the, the try to play a family role, if I will use that word. The state tries to support you in like a, you know since when I was doing research about this since first um, of November last year during the pandemic, um, for parents that are trying to go back to work or their parents that are eligible, the the government gave them like thirty hours of child care tax-free. You get, so, it now depends on how you as a parent going to like work that out. Are you guys going to be working 30 hours a week? or The usual working hour in London is like 40, minimum. So, are you working 40 hours a week or you negotiate between you and the missus? Okay, who's going to do 15 or who's going to do 30 and the rest of the hours you slog it out? So, it's a complete different thing what I can say that the government should like, should I say what the government needs to do? I'd say in your eyes, yeah, by all means. Yeah, in my eyes, I think the government should to just try to uh, push more entrepreneurship skills towards, um, towards family, towards working parents, because that from my background really, really helped us Because we did not miss our dad, we did not miss our moms Mm because they were just there anytime you need them. Mm -hmm. So I think entrepreneurship would save this whole situation that we are right now.
0: Okay. Okay, um, moving on to Carla, but in the meanwhile, if if you can put up one of the first questions, please, for the audience, thank you. Yes, Uh, of course. um, (laughs) So audience question there is, what is your main concern as a working parent? And I stress, obviously, we're looking at finance, we're looking at time with the kids, we're looking maybe even career, some people put that over their children. There's many different things you can be concerned, or just generally the welfare. But anyway, I'm not here to tell you what to think. We're interested to hear what you have to say. So, going over to Carla, Carla, having been a single parent as um, as and also married, while juggling a career in a foreign country, what what have you learned in relation to the topic?
3: <laughs> where do you want me to start, Simon? <laughs> um, I've learned a lot, an awful lot. Let me let me pick up from where Victor said about. I love what Victor said when he described, Victor described the, the ideal village where there's always someone around. So parents working wouldn't um, negatively impact children as much if there were people around to that also shared the workload. And that's the biggest lesson that I learned, that there's no such thing as a single parent. If you're a single parent, you're in big problems. I've experienced what it means to be a single parent. That doesn't mean that you have a child that you're raising without a partner. That means that you are raising a child alone with no support system. And that's an absolute disaster uh, waiting to happen for both you and the child and also society. So that was my biggest lesson is that it's not a badge of honor to say you're a single parent. And to it, you, if you are a single parent, you should be working to rectify that as quickly as possible. And not by getting another partner, which is quite often what people are focusing on, but actually getting a support system around you that can help you to raise that child. If you're stuck for babysitters, if you're stuck for childcare and all of that, um, that is your biggest concern is that not only have you got no childcare in the immediate time, but you've also got no support system to raise your child. So now you're struggling to juggle everything. And I think that quite often it is a badge of honour. Um, in society for people to walk around saying they're single parents and you know to celebrate that almost and try and prove the point point. Um, and I think that is something that needs to be corrected um, and I learned that from my experience but I also learned another thing which is that none of us can do everything perfectly not alone and definitely not as a community not even a tribe can get everything right so you don't need to try to you just need to do the best that you can do um, and to reach out to people so that you can have as much support as possible, share the load and, and share your child, um, not to be overprotective and possessive of the child, but to share them with other people because children, in, in essence, they belong to society. We're just entrusted with them for a short period of time. Um, we, we're gifted um, with the privilege, I guess, of, of parenting them, um, but we need to share that with other people so I learned many things but those are my two biggest takeaways I think from parenting and my experiences we can't hear you, son.
0: Oh, sorry, thank <laughs> you um Nelson being a son of immigrants and coming um from a reli- a, a religious culture let's say because we know <laughs> hey you're not from the Bible Belt in America, you are in you South America, and growing up, also growing up in New York. What are the pros and cons of uh, the government and the culture when coming to bringing up parents in your
4: eyes? Um, okay, so I guess I have two points of view, right? One is as a kid, and, and the first thing is I, I don't know about the religious part. I, I don't I don't exactly know how how religious my upbringing was. Um, the, as, as a son of immigrants from Latin America, I was born in the U S uh, I had two upbringings. One is I was born in the U S grew up in the U S. However, I went to school in South America at a, um, school for expat kid for foreign, for, for kids that are going to school overseas. Um, so coming back to the U S it's very similar to uh what victor described in africa it's not just um one individual or like um carla was saying it's it has to there has to be a support system of mom and dad and if anything that's almost like the basic support system and then there has to be another one kind of on the heels of it too to back them up as well um you know i remember my grandmother coming up from Colombia to spend time and, and walk me to school and walk me back and, and help out. So that was very helpful. Uh, when she left, big gap, big hole. Uh, you know, I wanted my dad to be more involved, but he was working all the time. So he had to work. As an immigrant, you're, you're in survival mode in the United States. Um, there really isn't much of a um, support system like take time off. It's a big juggling act, so it, it's very important for that other, that other family, that other support system to be around you, to help uh, help you grow up, help you do stuff. So that might be a neighbor who you know she's got like this mini nursery inside her house, uh, or it might be a older uh, friends, uh, kids who are good at a topic or a subject, and they kind of tutor you and things like that. Put on top of that, you have the language, right? There's culture and then there's language. My parents, their English was almost non-existent. So, you know, there, a lot of things, it was moi had to translate and read for them in the third grade, in the second grade. So, um, so yeah, yeah, you, you, you had all that, but it was more like on Victor's side where you needed to have that extended family. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, thanks for that. And Harold, Based on your upbringing, would you have changed anything different from your experience in relation to your parents um, dividing family and work?
2: Um, Well, honestly, I would not change anything because I had a really different experience. And I do agree with what Carla, Matilda, Nelson said about the support system. Um, My... um, that parenting style we had is a traditional parenting style. My mom was a, she she didn't work, and my father was working full time. Um, and we have moved to different countries, and I have uh, felt a major, a big difference during my childhood experience when I have lived in different countries, um, because um, I felt that lack of of support. While traveling, uh, for example, in Morocco, uh, it was uh, really amazing to be with with big family, uh, to be dependent to the family from time to time. If like uh, parents can't pick you up, <laughs> uh, they are like that. We have uncles, we have cousins who come and and us, and we stay with them. And I think that community, the sense of community uh, is very important. And I think a lot of parents, uh, they are lacking from this sense of community now, uh, especially in the European system where they rely more on the government. Uh, so I think children need to be in that community and parents need to provide that sense of community to children. So they won't feel alone uh, in any country they go to. And uh, 100% agree with with uh, everyone said that the community and having big families is very important for children to experience and to be surrounded with other people.
0: Okay, thanks a lot. Matilda, I understand you wanted you had a question for Victor, so fire away.
1: Yeah, so uh, Victor has your 51 brothers and sisters. And as you explained when you were even coming home, not necessarily you were eating or not, your, um, not necessarily every brother sister was eating in their own home. They were eating maybe in, uh, in the other brother and sister's home. How do you explain how you're raising your children? Do you feel like your experience with your brother sister will affect um, your upbringing with your children in London? Because I don't think you have that many relatives or brother sisters in london so how does that work for you do you feel the gap for example i'm an only child for me having a lot of family around is actually crazy but not having it it's normal how does that affect you
5: okay Martina, let me let me let me shock you now i have two elder brothers in london um, i have a younger sister in london two younger brothers in manchester <laughs>
1: Oh god, one, so yeah, one,
5: yeah, <laughs> so what in Kingston, uh, uh, Kingsley. So I have elder sister, um, uh, what's it called, both teams. So you get so yeah, but the thing is, within, within, within our family, we we have friends within the family who we have to be jailed with, you know, so there's no there's no real. The only thing that I think that's missing is for our kids, my kids and my brother's kids, to like actually like gel the way I and the dad or your mom like grew up. So that was not. That's not really. It's not. Not that it's not possible, but it's not really, really um, feasible to do. You guys even not. I would love for us to just be in one same, one same big. And that uh, Peña-style castle, you know, for us to live together. But it's not it's not happening right now. But um, you know I say if we still communicate, you know. We try to forge a community as untangled for social media. WhatsApp is there. Who is bringing people together these days, you know. And family members you've not seen for like five years, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. You've died. They get their numbers on WhatsApp and you like you start communicating. So I think technology has helped us a lot to like bring families together, which 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 is one of the things that I would like for the government to start doing. The government should start to should find a way to make to make the community be the first point of call when it comes to um schools, when it comes to the church, but not not the last point, but the first point to let the police stand back or let the institution stand back but try to foster more community participation fund more community um awareness program do more i don't know baking stuff that you know just do more stuff for for the community i tell you what the community what community has done for me is that there was a time when i was young there is this uh, one of the deepest um, rivers in I don't know, in West Africa, it's called River Etiop. The current in 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 the river was so strong that you must be a very strong swimmer to even dip your toes in there. We went to swim. I went there with some friends who went to swim. And guess who saw me? One of my uncles that I don't even, I can't even remember. He saw me, he picked me up, and he took me straight to my mom. And when he took me straight to my mom.
3: The my mom, is.
5: Yeah, my mom, first of all, just held me down. See, the neighbor brought out, we have these canes.
0: I knew that was coming.
5: Yeah, we had these canes. You get it. So my uncle and the neighbor, they held me down. They gave me 12. You get it. And there and there, do See, there and there, they will say, we are telling your father when we get home. I knew the world is coming to an end for me. I pleaded. I was like, God, just mm-hmm. open this ground and let me just jump in because if when when we get to that level, that's the next level. So that's where my elder brothers will get involved, my aunties, my disciples. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, so the discipline that like, gonna take, like whoever sees you on the way, is like a walk of shame. Whoever sees you on the way might just give you a knock on your head, Come, like you stupid boy. So you you like so when you're moving and you know are you know you're going to do something that is really really bad, you kind of like check yourself before you do something naughty. You need to actually check around because you don't know who is watching.
0: Okay, yeah. thanks. Sorry, thanks for that, Victor. Well, <laughs> um, oh, go on, Nelson.
4: Yeah, I, I was, I was just about to say. Well, I guess that ended Victor's ideas of going into the Nigerian Olympic swimming team, because you weren't jumping into any water after that. But, uh, but, but it's very interesting, though. That whole idea of community, community, community. If you notice about the Spartans, right? You always hear about Sparta, and you know when Sparta was the big power. But that was a big thing that the Spartans did, was that everybody had a little responsibility for a kid. And if the kid was going to do something wrong, you know, every adult was empowered to tell the kid no and talk to their parents. So it's just, it just really interesting how, uh, how certain things they can cross through cultures and they work throughout time. Because that was a big thing about Sparta. And all the greek states but sparta was the one who was most known for that but yeah
0: thanks thanks a lot for that victor and and your input nelson now this is mainly to the people who have children i i would debate that there's three main things when it comes to the pyramid of your children their well-being the time and finance those three things are going to work maybe someone else has got a different point of view what is the pinnacle for and this mainly goes out to nelson carla and victor for you when determining how you should manage your time between work and
3: family let's start with carla um, I've been through all sorts of different uh stages, trials, experiments, desperate um ho- um hatched plots over the years. Um, but I got to a stage where I realized that um there has to be a, a first and foremost, um, and for me that's motherhood. So, um, and especially in a situation where you are a parent that's raising a child in a home by yourself. Um Somebody has to be there to monitor that child. Someone has to make sure that they are sleeping correctly, eating correctly, that their mental health is uh, fine. It's a big issue nowadays. Um, Someone has to make sure that they're brushing their teeth and all of the everyday things. Um, Those things seem like small things, but when you watch a child on a day-to-day basis, you realize that they're very important. Um, So for me, if I can't monitor that and there isn't someone else there to monitor that, I have to stay home as much as possible. That puts you in a big predicament when it comes to finances, which I know we're gonna talk about a little bit more. But for me, first and foremost, it's making sure that whatever child or children are trusted in my care, they're taken care of. And if that takes up the whole day, Um, then I'm I'm in a problem when it comes to earning money. That's the biggest dilemma I think mothers face when mothers are trying to balance working and looking after their children. So that refers to me
0: just to jump in there to the audience but if you're whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube you can have your say give your experiences just by putting comments in that section and pressing that little button send and we will read them out and um, you'll be joining us in the conversation so Nelson same question to you what is your main objective your main concern as a parent
4: it It's similar to what Carla just said. It has to do with the role of being a father, of being a dad, uh, of living up to and expanding that image. Okay, so whatever that image is that I want to create or that I am creating uh, is to live up to that. Uh, First and foremost, that image is gonna decide who in the future she says, hey, this is who I want to be my mate right? She's, she's got to have a reference point. So I want to be a really good reference point for that. Um, and being there now, what the heck does being there mean? Right? Does that mean 24 seven? No way. Uh, it's just not possible, but it is possible to be there in key times and key events, uh, when they need you. Um, So, for example, um, to spend a day with him at school, to actually go to the school, meet with the teachers, and sit in the classroom and be with him there a day. Um, To have breakfast together. We eat breakfast as a family. We have dinner together as a family and uh, to ask him questions. Not just, hey, how was your day? Which, oh, yeah, it was fine. But to ask really probing questions like, hey, and uh, what's going on in the math class? And what's happening so to show a real interest that you're really tracking Mm -hmm. um, to do things like um, have a little competition with the friends and if they win the competition the whole group of friends all 5 10 12 of them we go out to eat hamburgers or to have a board game at home at our home my home Um, so to be there for key things and, and key events um, that to me is is the key. So if I can take care of that, that frees me up for other stuff. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to set enough groundwork to avoid future problems as well. Okay. Thanks a lot for that, Matilda.
0: As a um, newly married ma- or married, sorry, um, you're going to plan to have children. I don't know if it's more than one or whatever, but you're going to have to make these conscious decisions about career know, work, you know, you've got your great husband. What would you expect from society, whether it's in Iran or or Paris or L.A.? What would you expect from the government, wherever you choose to finally reside?
1: New York will be the exciting part. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sasha, are you listening? New York, honey, New York. Um yeah. uh, I don't know, to be honest. I don't have a very... Uh, We will look for a boarding school so we can send the child as soon as possible. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Mom, I'm joking. But uh, (laughs) I've been looking for my mom, Sasha's mom, Sasha's dad, my dad, my aunt, my grandma, I don't know. But, you know, everyone around to be part of it. I love growing up with my grandma. I've learned so many lessons about life that my mom could not give because of her age, she was a young mother. And, you know, I've learned a lot of um, how to live life from my grandma and her friends, mm-hmm. which I would definitely want my child to grow up with my mom to mm-hmm. learn those lessons. Lessons like, you know, when you're young, the alarm, uh, mm-hmm. when there is an alarm, you pick up, you wake up. You shouldn't be upset about that alarm. You should. Uh, give a blessing that you're so fresh and young that you can wake up with that alarm. You can hear it well and your body is so, um, you know, you don't have any pain in your body. Whereas her, for example, she needs 10 minutes of workout in a bed for her muscles to be ready to come out of the bed. So, you know, things like that, you learn and you appreciate your moments. Or when you're eating an apple, eat it with so much beauty and so much enthusiasm, because when you're at your grandma's age, your taste buds are not sophisticated anymore that well, they're not that sophisticated. So you wouldn't wouldn't even enjoy the simplest thing in life. So I want my child, definitely, to grow up with my mom and Sasha's mom, or dad, my dad, to learn life Basically,
0: okay, that's, that's interesting. I assume do your parents do your parents live in New York? Does Sasha's parents live in New York?
1: No, but no, I don't okay. think location will be matter for us. We're gonna travel, and maybe they will travel with us. Okay, or we manage it somehow. But yeah, um, I'm not. I don't think I'm a. I'm. I don't think I'm a very uh, hands-on man, mother. Maybe I will change. Maybe I'll be one of those obsessive mothers that, oh my God, the child uh, did something. They want to be there. I don't know. But based on what I know of me, I don't think so. So I would need my mom and her mom, his mom to be active 100%.
4: <laughs> Matilda, Matilda, you're going to be so hands-on. You will be like one of those helicopter moms.
1: Oh my God, that would be... <laughs> uh,
4: and, and I'm, what to
1: happen to my me time? Forget about it.
4: Um yeah, and okay. me me time me, you mean tea time that's about it. And <laughs> and on top of that they're going to be twins, okay? Sasha oh, looks God. really healthy. I think you're going to be twins. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me, Victor. Now, yeah. You I I
0: can relate with um, your family. Uh, I come from a large family myself. And um I depended on, on my family a lot. In bringing up my children and um, from my grandmother to my sisters, and um, what have you. How have you managed, and what has been your priority? Um, can you
5: expand some more priority okay. about
0: regards? Okay, well, for instance, with my son, my sister, my cousins, and my aunt have all helped bring him up, they've had a say in what he's doing, and they've allowed me to pursue my career, when it's been my turn to have him, which has been every week without fail. So, being a married man with children, but yet a big family, as you pointed out, how have you managed, and what has been your priority when it comes to your career and juggling your children?
5: Interesting. Very interesting. Um... My, you know, coming from coming from as an African, you know, the the dream is to be is to be in in Europe. You okay. get so because when you come here, they it is you have so many options. So for my for my for my daughters, so let me say for my kids, I would want them to have as much as much options as possible. Um, picking from what um, Nelson and Carla has already said. Having more options as much as possible, but knowing the anchor points, knowing the the values, if I can. Just make them understand um, the strength of having the value. The, the just if I can make them to understand and listen the value, because what we have in the world right now, it is it is going to be crazy for them. I don't really envy them. It's going to be crazy for them because there are too many options for them right now. But with these options. You need to be very, very responsible and know your values, which will actually anchor you, be your pillars. So my priority right now is to make sure that they I tattoo it in their brain that they see, listen, know where you're coming from. This is, we being here right now, it's not the beginning of the journey. It started way, way, way back before you were born. So don't start messing it up now for people that are coming after you. So that is, um, I know it's a little bit kind of like everywhere, but if you get what I'm trying to say, is that for them to be more uh, focused, more grounded,
0: and be more responsible moving forward. Okay, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, Howler, obviously you're, let's say, the baby of the group, but with respect. How are you... What are you going to expect from the government in support for bringing up your children, uh, allowing you to have that career as um, as a mother? Assuming you want to go down the career where you can not just stay at home, what what are your expectations? And what are and, and this goes to all everybody in the group and the audience. What are the conditions like? Do mom um, do, sorry, how do I put this? In France, for instance. Or in London, let's say you get six months maternity leave, yeah? But some countries you may get a year or two years. So I'm interested to know what your country, whether it's Nigeria or uh, America, whatever, what the government allows you and to what your employer gives you. But going back to you, Howler, is um, what are your expectations from the government and will you de- be dependent upon your family?
2: Well, you never know that. <clears throat> consequences when you live in, a, in different countries and you never know what's going to happen with the government. so I don't think it's a, it's a good thing to rely on the government. Um, and maybe in the Western countries you have more help from the government, but I don't think that is enough. Um, I mean what I'm what I'm um, thinking if I'm going to be a par- parent in the future, uh, I need to be really um, financially independent and I need to be really know that I have time uh, to be full-time mother and I have really the, 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 the good mindset uh, to be there. And I don't think that the choice of relying on a government is a good choice because the laws are changing. Um, firms also, firm in corporate jobs, you have uh, different types of firms, and there are firms that give you only three months. Uh, others they give you six months. And uh, I have uh, I have also friends who went through maternity leave, but they didn't really get a lot of a lot of uh, time to spend with their baby, uh, which is awful. And um, uh, I think the the major thing that uh, the government should do is giving more time for new parents uh, to take care of their their babies. Um, And uh, yes, in France you pay taxes for the social security insurance. So you get um, three months from the social security and then you can negotiate with the firm um, how many uh, weeks or months you can get uh, as a working mother.
0: Okay. Um, thanks for that, Hala. Um Carla. Yeah, Simon. Simon, yeah. just a minute. I don't think there will be
5: there will ever be enough time for um, for parents to spend with their kids. There will never be enough time. So I like what Howler said. Do not, as much as possible, do not depend on the government because they're in it for them. You see, they they, they, won't, they don't have any clue. They can't help you. Yeah, they can just they can throw money at you, but they can't help you. So if they give mother a five years, it's still not gonna be enough for some.
4: Yeah, but be you know, okay, look, I'm I'm not I, I don't mean to be the the Pollyanna here, but it's not a question that they don't have a clue. The parents need to have the first clue, okay? The parents need to have the first clue. So you can give them five, you can give them ten years. It's what they do with that time. You know how they plan out their time, their resources. So that I mean, that's really the the main thing, and everything else will will work around that. I mean, you you want to talk about like having time uh, in the military? Once I told all my soldiers, so, okay, look, we're gonna have breakfast, and we're gonna have lunch together. You would you would have thought we we're gonna have a riot? You know, I complaining, and I was wondering what the heck are these guys complaining so much about, and then I found out. That about half of them they told me, they said, Look, sir, we didn't grow up having breakfast with our parents. I'm like, what, you just kinda like this little kid running around by yourself? And they were like, Yeah. And then they then they said, Wow, we really like this. It feels good. You know, one day when I get married, I'm gonna make we're gonna have breakfast together as a family. I thought everyone had breakfast together as a family. You know, so whether the government gives you three months, three years, whatever. If, if the parents don't have their priorities in order, which it seems that most of them don't, um, it doesn't matter what the government does. It, so. it's, it's very
0: interesting because I had a interesting conversation with a lady in a taxi. I'll, I'll try and be as brief as possible on this. And she was actually complaining that, she, you know, you say, did you have a good day? She went, no, I've been looking after two toddlers. It's terrible. When I was in my marketing career, it was perfect. People praised me for doing having a great career and doing a great job i don't get any praise for looking after my two children and i said well maybe you know maybe your husband can just say to you if he notices you're a bit stressed he can say how's things going you know oh i see you're doing a great job don't worry keep out i'm going to take you out friday night and do a spa on saturday or something like that. she goes oh could you talk to my husband please and then i kind of paused i said i don't think the problem is with your husband i think it's you because you don't value looking after your children you want some reward for it where to me it should just be a joy and that was um and she kind of paused, and i thought oh i'm gonna get minus five stars on this one but (laughs) she said thank you and she left and that also made me think i wish i had it on tape because that would have been a great episode a short sweet episode but it's just things that we um need to consider based on what nelson's saying in that but over to Carla. Having brought up children, three lovely children, I know one of them is still quite young. What would you expect for your grandchildren in relation to your activity and to the government's activity support and institution? Because obviously your children work for somebody.
3: Um, I, I'm agree, I agree with Nelson when Nelson says about the government, they have no clue. They have no clue about things that are much more simple than families and um, the complexities of raising children. I think if they're falling down on the basics, there's no way we can trust our families with them. We have to be proactive and we have to think. And based on what I've been through, I definitely would love to be able to ask my children when they're parents, how can I help you? And I would love to be in a situation where whatever they say, I'm able to do it. So also what Matilda said, I want to be that grandma that's there, um, ready with open arms, with free childcare, with lots of cake, um, with a spare bed and and all the things that grandmas need to have to support um, grandchildren and to help them to have, you know, that person there with the wisdom and the life experience. But also that person that can allow mums and dads to go to work, but also to have a break. Because we talk a lot about work um, and the importance of work, but we all know parents have to work. But what we don't talk about a lot is the the need for them to have a break and also the need for them, particularly when they are families, um, married, couples and units, the need for them to have support for that relationship as well, because what happens for a lot of families is, there's a battle between the needs of the children, the needs to work and the needs of the relationship, because all of those things need nurturing. Children need nurturing. But so do marriages. So do relationships. So do family units. Um, and so I would also like to be in a position where I could support um, my kids when they're raising their kids to maintain their families, because that also makes a massive difference. But I, And I'm already thinking about that now before my kids... <laughs> My son's ten. I'm already thinking about his wife. Um, my daughters are in their twenties and are not dating. And I'm already no thinking pressure. About
5: it. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure, Tyler. No pressure. No pressure.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But- yeah.
4: But but that that is so important, though. That that is so because that sets the standard. That that's so important because that sets the standards Who you date, who who you go out with, what your life is going to be like. That that's so clue. You know, I mean, you yeah. bring any dog home, you're going to have fleas
3: yeah but that's that's for me i'm already thinking about grandparenting and how i can support my my kids if they have families and kids in the future because i think that's who it's on it's on us it's not not on the governments i'm going to bring you my children uh, (laughs) okay is that for those of us
0: for those people who have children of a certain age um is there anything you would do different and this also goes out to the audience i can see viewers um, listening and watching and um, feel free to comment in the comment section there's uh audience bar uh, so the banner is scrolling across saying you can comment and have your say and if not thank you for listening and viewing so let me f- hey, go on Simon, i think i think i think i would have been more more strict mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Why? Why exactly? What, what makes what bring you to that decision? Because at first I thought the government knew what they were
5: doing, so I allowed too many too many interference from the school. I would have been more 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 involved in you know this, Carla. Kind of, uh, kind of how do you say this? with um, yeah the school governing body? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would have been more involved in the school governing body. Okay. Because.
4: We... All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, again, I, I guess head on. As as a parent, it's important to just be involved. Um, and it's not to me of you know the government doesn't know the government knows, it really doesn't matter. It's my responsibility to be involved. I am the first line of defense. They're they're out there somewhere else doing stuff they got to do. I'm the first line of defense. So whatever the school does, you know, I, I need to be a part of that. I, I go to my kids' school. I spend the whole day there because that's part of my responsibility. It's not just, hey, I drop these kids off and it's like an extended daycare. No, that's, that's our responsibility. And I go back to those guys that I had in the military where... They 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 had not they did not eat breakfast with their families. How is that the government's fault? That that was their parents. The parents were like, hey, just you know, kinda run out there. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was on their parents. That wasn't the government. So I'm I'm not like the government's messed up. I mean that to me that's just a big deflection of people not you wanting know, to say the bug stops with me. You
5: know, sometimes that's sometimes the government has a way of flipping things. Yes, yeah, so when for them to take responsibility, they flip it off, they flip it to the parents. And when the parents want to take responsibility, they feel like, no, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. You know, I was, I had this, uh, this evening style in my house where they do their homework for like, where? Well, for like um, an hour and a half, from six o'clock to half seven, religiously every day, five days of the week, since for the past 15 years or 16 years, they've been doing religiously. Now, when I spoke about this in the school to one of their teachers, they were like, whoa, it's too much, it's too much. How can they finish from school and they come home and they, they are doing this? No, 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 and it was a huge toss in the school that it's uh, my parenting style came into like question. No, you need to reduce it. No, don't tell me I need to reduce it. no, the kids have been working for so, so, so time. They get up in the morning, go to school, come back. No extra time. That is just when they come back from school by six o'clock, they should be settled. Just do your revision because that time they will find something to fill it up. And it is the controller. So I rather they have the book. But I had to like soft pedal it. Which I don't think it was. It was
4: really good for me. Victor, simple solution. Find a different school. Okay? I mean, that's it. The, 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 I mean, you just got to raise the standard. The standard has to be raised. Yeah, you have a point. Okay. You have point.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for that. Well, as we come into the end, I've got some...
4: Final oh, and and, and and Simon, Simon, one second. If you go to Google, right? If you go to the Google campus up in Silicon Valley, all you see is Nigerians. You know, you got Nigerians, you got Indians, you got Asians. So what, why am I going to argue with this success model, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't waltz into Google with a lot of free time on your hands, okay? It, it just doesn't happen that way. So Mr. Teacher... We 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 got to look at you. We got to look at you. It, it ain't it ain't over here. We got to fix. We we got a problem over there. Okay, so I mean we kind of got to go on the offense. Victor, uh-huh.
5: yeah. That's what I'm telling you is that even the social service got involved, and the school system in it has to do for you to move school. You need to go through the local governments. Need to go through the borough so you can't just move school like that. Except you need to go private.
4: Except in the United yeah. States,
0: <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, you need to just go private. I've we're got but not, not here. Okay. I've got a question, but I aim this at the ladies starting with obviously guys have been speaking quite a bit here. And for those whether you're in you're planning to be married, you've just been married or you have children or you haven't had children, it's you can still answer this question. Did you or have you actually sat down with your partner and structured how you want things to be, career, work-wise, and children? And if so, not going delving into your personal relationships to depth, what has been the overall outcome from that? So let's start with Howler. You may have you may have just what you have in your mind. You don't even have to have had a partner or have a partner,
2: Actually, those are important questions to ask before getting engaged with someone (laughs) or going out with someone through different dates. Because if they are not on the same page as you and uh, they are not willing to play that teamwork with you in a relationship and uh, moving forward with the kids, that is going to be very hard. Um, and I just want to add one point because when we talk about the parenting style and the government, I think all of us here, we talk about living as Western countries, which is a sort of uh, relaxed way of living. Because if you go to other countries, uh, they don't have a choice really to, to support themselves and support their kids. And they don't have uh, no vacation, parenting, maternity leave, anything. And also in countries, there is more corrupt uh, leaders uh, in some countries, in Africa, in Middle East. um, I don't think they have that much support. And as Nelson said, a lot of immigrants, uh, they live in a survival mode. And they're just trying to uh, bring something to the table to their kids. And uh, I mean, thinking about their well-being less
0: and their uh, well-being of their
2: children. Okay, um, sorry. Yes, I'll, go ahead, Sam. I'll
0: thanks a lot for that. Um, I'm not sure if there's a connection problem with the comment section, but I've into, I've got some of the people who are commenting on via WhatsApp saying they're trying to connect, comment, and they can't. So I'm just gonna read out, this is from Sharon, and she says, um, sorry, I'm a single parent, and I know it's hard to juggle the two. Being a single working parent without a support system is crazy. I have worked for the company for many years and flexibility was something that was not recognised. It's a business to run, understandably, but because of the challenges I faced, watching my child grow up, I had to reduce the hours I worked to accommodate me and my family. It was tough because financially I was challenged, but clearly I had to make a choice letting my child grow up without direction and and time and affection, excuse me, which every child should get or making money. It was tough. I made it through, but I'm sure these are that there are other parents out there struggling. They put they should put something in place to support single parents, I think definitely. So that's a comment there. Thank you, Sharon, for providing us with that one <laughs> and only comment so far. Um i agree i think um i know what the british government does have in place they have a in where you work for let's say the home office or whatever you can actually they have creches in their buildings so all the staff can bring their children and drop them there and just go straight to work and the creche finishes at five when the parents finish and so you can always go down on your lunch break and hi to your little child so that's ideal sometimes we some people could say big business factories whatever should do the same but who knows? I'm not Bill Gates or Jeff Hazel, so I can't, I can't implement that. But um, going out, excuse me, the same question going out to the rest of you. So it was to Carla. The same question I asked Howla. Can you give a um,
3: Yes, I have had those conversations, and in short, the outcome was it failed. <laughs> the plan failed. And um, because sometimes plans do fail, um, because you don't always think of all the different things that you need to think of, especially when you're running around looking after a bunch of kids and yourself and doing a job. So my conversations didn't materialize into reality, um, because we went through lots of hard times, and those hard times took a toll on me, on my health, they took a toll on the well-being of the family but also on the well-being of the relationship and that's why when I spoke earlier I said that there are all those different things that need to be nurtured and all those things that need support so um, I failed to realize and accept through experience that the relationship needed support not just the parenting Um, and that that was where I took a hit um, and that was where the plan fell down um, because I just didn't know that I didn't know that you needed to ask who is going to support our relationship? <laughs> Nelson, I don't know if that's in your 101 questions to ask, but it needs to be. Yeah, got a brick. Where's the brick, Nelson? Very important question. <laughs> what support do you have for your relationship as a couple? Because mm-hmm. when kids come along, kids will kick your relationship in the gutter, <laughs> right? They do not care about your relationship. School doesn't care about your relationship. The neighbourhood doesn't care about your relationship, unless it's somebody that you've got on your team. Um, so you need to ask those kinds of questions as well, especially if you're a family, as okay. well as many others. And I didn't, so I took a hit. Mm. Life hit. Okay, that's that's good
0: to know. So finishing off with Matilda, and then we're just going to do the roundup closing. Matilda, in relationship to what the. Question that Harala and Carlos just answered. What has been your plan, for the newlywed queen?
1: Well, uh, I, as as most of you know, because whoever knows me, they know my connection with my grandma. For me, that's the. I'm a very blessed human being, and my blessing is her. And uh, Sasha the same. Sasha's grandma survived Armenian genocide, went to Russia, Russian <laughs> Revolution, World War II in Paris. Having kids in a in uh, under the bombing of World War II. So, even having a dinner with a human being that had that kind of an experience of life is fascinating, let alone being your grandmother. So, for us, it's a no brainer. We need to be around our parents so our parents can teach our children life experiences. Um, no uh, book, no university, no friend even us cannot teach that to our child so we we want our parents to be 100 percent, 150 percent involved in our child's life so they can teach that child different generation different history time different uh, living
3: life and cultures i've got a question for matilda on that Um yeah matilda what what would you suggest for people who don't have families like yours what would you suggest for people for example who have very toxic families unsupportive unkind maybe abusive families and they find themselves alone um maybe in a relationship in a marriage or with children where would they get that kind of support from
1: yeah i think that's very difficult that's why i consider myself very blessed because of my grandma not nothing other than that um i don't know how are you going to I don't know Even not having that love, that would be sad. I would not know what to do without it. I don't know. I never thought about it because it's always been in there in my life. And for me, actually, um, it's very interesting. I thought about motherhood recently. And when I was looking at the book, Alif Shafak, that I told you about black milk. And for me, it was like, how can I think about motherhood not as a holy thing as a, um, as a holy thing. Uh, because in my culture, in my family, mothers are like, wow, they are the everything of the family. How can a mother harm a child? How can a mother not do the right thing for a child? So I don't know. Um,
0: well, yeah. to jump in there, Matilda. I like what Carla brought up because it brings to mind the whole, I know we spoke about it many times, COVID. COVID has taken out many people, and it's taken out the old, the elderly. So God forbid it took out your, your parents or the mothers in the family, the elderly ones, the vulnerable ones, and you could find yourself very easily in that predicament where it's just you and your husband. And it would be very interesting to, for people in general. How, how, how do you get past that? Because now you're, you need to either get really have really good friends with an understanding who you trust, or it's the government and work. So there needs to be, from what I'm hearing, there needs to be a, quite a bit of a healthy balance and things. But that being said, thank you everybody for co- co-hosting and being on the show. Thank you to the audience, and um, thank you to Sharon and um, ev- <laughs> and everybody who's been viewing, but silent <laughs> listeners. If there's a technical hitch, I apologise because that's why you're not unable to leave comments. I'll uh, look into that later on. I understand Victor and Nelson, you want to say something very quickly. Was that why the hand raised? Or are you just saying good?
4: Yeah, I'll I'll let Victor go first.
5: Oh, sorry, I didn't want to say anything.
4: Okay. Okay, so I'll take I'll take my time and Victor's time then. So uh, so right <laughs> quick. So, but what what Carla excuse me what Carla just said is key. It's right. It's it's all about the relationship. Um, so before people go looking at the government, it's what kind of relationships they're creating, right? With them and their spouse, that, that is key. What Carla said is is huge, right? The relationship needs support, and then if that support system excuse me if those family members aren't there, in my case as an immigrant kid, even growing up. It has to be created. That means finding somebody who's gonna fill in the role of uncle to the nth degree. Finding someone who's gonna be a big sister. I always wanted to have a big sister. I went out and adopted a sibling, you know. Boom, you're gonna be my big sister. You have the traits that I wanna have in a sister. You have the traits that I wanna have in an aunt, and so forth. And that, that kind of like alternate family structure gets to be created. Uh, maybe even better than just being born into it because you can customize it so that that is key uh, but again that goes back that helps to have that already in place because then you have a standard to go by you know it helps if you have a standard to go by if you don't then it's just it's a it's a downward spiral if that isn't there and to ask for the government it, it's 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 way too much of something to ask for a government why do i say that because the government's job is to, like, defend the country and things like that. It's it's not something that does fine motor movements. That's individuals do fine motor movements. Their job is to, like, stop them at the border kind of thing, not go into your living room and tell you to eat breakfast. So, and, and, and that's it. And
1: Nelson is saying, please, whoever is listening, don't adopt me as a sister or anything. I don't want to be anyone's sister.
4: Okay, Matilda, <laughs> Matilda, we, we won't be adopting you, but be careful, because sometimes you also want to be adopted. He who he who plays by himself dies by himself.
1: <laughs>
4: well, yeah, I don't um, know. If I it, need
1: help, I'll come back. But for now, I don't want to help. Okay. I I'm good. I don't want to have a brother sister. One of the good one of
5: the <laughs> solutions. One of the solutions. I think Nelson just pitched it. Was that? See if you if, if, if you are in a situation like this whereby you know you are you are a single, a lonely parent, try to open yourself up to get to create networks around you. Go to go to your local your church, go volunteer. See, there was some some time ago uh, I think my second daughter said, How come we call everybody that comes to our house we call them uncles or call them aunties? Yeah, because they're your uncle, your auntie. It's just the name, but... It's just the name, but... The consequence of that is that for them to know that they have someone looking... Um, looking after their best interest. So try to create your own network system, your own support system, and don't rely on... Too much on the government.
4: And and, and you know what? It, but I, I guess... I just have the thing about when people say, well, don't rely on the government. It's not even their job. I mean, they're like the last, last, last resort. I mean, the, it's not the government's job to tell me, to tell the kids to eat breakfast. I mean, they they should have some breakfast available, right? And protect the food distribution. But to tell the kid to sit down at the table, that that's a parent responsibility. It, it's It's not... I mean, when the government has to step in and do that, there's been like this huge line of failures along the way for, for them to have to step in and say, hey, feed that kid that you had. You, 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 like, like uh, I mean, I don't know if that's, okay. that's really apparent there.
0: Well, thanks a lot for the input, guys. And in closing, I just have to say thank you to Salo, who's liked us, Rachel, D all the way in Kenya, and <laughs> the' all said as well as liked us. But in closing, what I want from you um, five is one key word when it comes to your working career and your children. It's one key word from each of you. What is your priority? It's a bit of a hard one for those who like to do a sentence, but you can do it.
3: i with... so I've got to go first and my key word is community
0: okay Victor
2: <laughs> right Hala multiple incomes
0: uh, double barrel. okay Nelson
4: relationships
0: Matilda I know it's gonna be
4: something of love come on
1: Grandparent and love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back for you, Victor. Hey
4: Matilda, look it does look like you might have a sister there somewhere. You there, know,
0: there we said Victor's gonna Victor's gonna come out. Come on, Victor. We know you got something in there. Is he frozen? Is he frozen? Oh no, he's gone. He's gone. Okay. Um, my key word is planning. Because without planning nothing <laughs> happens. Uh, I um I saw it. I think Victor's back. Is it back, Victor? What's your keyword?
5: Create your own support system.
0: Okay, maybe word is a bit of a misunderstanding, but thank you for that. Um we just, uh, we just bring up the banners of the um, of the podcast shows now. Um, starting with Matilda, if you could just tell everybody. Your myth, uh about your podcast please. yeah
1: my podcast uh copy with material journey to South, you can find it in every podcast platforms facebook and youtube as well and it's all about love finding yourself
2: okay you- you- yes my podcast about own stories podcast where you hear real stories from women who was about different ta- challenges so <laughs> tune in on different podcast platforms over to you nelson
4: My podcast is called Investing in America, where we talk about how to invest in the United States. So you can find me on iTunes, Spotify, and Suit to Becoming YouTube channel, and also my upcoming book, also called Investing in America. Thank you, and over to you, uh, Carl, I believe.
3: My podcast is the Wonder and Wellbeing podcast, which is a podcast for parents and teachers of kids between the ages of five and 14 years old. It's all about well-being and education, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and everywhere else. Over to you, Victor.
0: Hello, I think Victor's um, frozen again, so I will do his his podcast, Diaspora Entrepreneurs podcast, where he just aims at Afro-Caribbean and Africans, um, talking about encouraging them to just get up and do something with their lives, and he's uh, very entrepreneurial, and he's on all major platforms, so we look forward to having him, it's a good, good listen, sorry. Um, Obviously, my name's Simon, Simon Rushton. Taxi Chronicles is my podcast, where I interview people as they get into my taxi, and it's spontaneous. Nothing is planned. It's real-life stories from crime to real-life drama to relationship to a bit of a reality show, but classy, of course. And I post every day at 8 a.m. British Standard Time, and we're on all major platforms, and that goes for all of us. So we um, thank you for listening today, and we much appreciate that. And um, we look forward to seeing you back next week, 7 p.m., same time. Goodbye.
4: Bye, guys.